All right, everyone, hello, and welcome to the Pause Points Podcast. I'm Joe. Faith is across from me over here. Hi. And we're also with Chad. Hello. We're going to be talking about the Oscars, mainly. Uh, The Oscars are actually happening tonight. Um, We will all be watching them. We have our thoughts on the Oscars. We have our predictions. Um, One of us, particularly, has actually seen every Oscar movie. For the past... Uh, it's probably been five or six years now. I've I've made it a goal to watch every Best Picture nominee prior to the Oscars. Um, as I always say, that way I can make a very informed decision on Best Picture for, you know, what's going to win in that category. What would my vote be as if it were something that I was actually allowed to vote in or the Academy cared what I thought? So, so tell me, now that you've seen all the Oscar movies this year, do you need a therapist? Are you more depressed? Um, any any thoughts of suicide? I'm gonna sound like a uh, I'm gonna sound like a, a medical commercial. You know, if you have any thoughts of suicide or heart attack or anything, <laughs> what, so what do you think? Because I actually no, they really they didn't depress me as much as they have in years past. <laughs> then they must not be winning it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> they, they have to be often, as depressing as possible. Pic- yeah, often best picture nominees are a little downtrodden. You mm-hmm. know, but you know there were some there were some good ones this year that weren't. I mean, there were some that left me feeling very hopeful. Really? Yes. So. See, because in my opinion, the only ones that win, if it's if it's up for an Oscar to really win and it has a chance of winning, it has to make the audience feel like they want to kill themselves by the time they walk out of the theater. <laughs> but if you guys can't tell, for those of you listening, I'm not a big Oscar fan. I appreciate the Oscars. I I love the ceremony and I love watching them every year. Um, but as far as Oscar movies go, like to me, movies are fun. They're ridiculous. They're bombastic. Yes, they can be serious and fun and dramatic, but... They don't have to be overly just this tone of just blah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're focusing times. a little bit on those top awards. So best picture, best sure. actor, and right. all of those. Whereas half of this list comes from some pretty fun movies. So when you think of like hairstyling, score, uh, best song of the year. So some of those are actually movies that you probably have seen. Yeah. And there's some over time that have won best picture that haven't been... Just you know, straight up dramas too. Lord of the King, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Lord of the King, Return of the Rings. The Lord of the Kings. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't put that into a sort of a mainstream category. No, I mean, Gladiator was a spectacle and it won. You just named the two Oscar Best Picture winners that I can think of in my lifetime that I've actually agreed with: is Gladiator and Return of the King. And even Return of the King, I didn't think was the best movie to come out that year. But of that category of who was in Best Picture, that's the one I would have picked. Yeah. So. Chicago. Chicago won. Chicago was, that was a fun movie. was the first musical that had won since probably, I think, Oliver in probably like 68 or something like think, that. I don't think I've seen it. Yeah, so I mean, so there's some good. Driving Miss Daisy yeah, back was, in 89. That yeah, was, you was know, good. Braveheart yeah. was okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've actually never seen Braveheart. You should fix that. Yeah, I saw The Patriot. I just heard that was Braveheart Goes to America. I was actually <laughs> at the premiere of The Patriot. Really? Uh, I was in Los Angeles and we were looking outside of our hotel room window and they, they were setting up for this big party in the parking lot. And over the couple of days we were looking around, we, we finally saw The Patriot. So we went down to the lobby and we asked, what is this Patriot you speak of? <laughs> <laughs> so we kind of learned a little bit about it and we went just across the street to um, one of the theaters and it was really awesome because they were handing out t-shirts because I guess they wanted us all to have t-shirts that said The Patriot on it. So it looked like we were already super fans of this movie that hadn't even come out yet. And not had any idea what it was actually going on. No, but so as I was standing there cheering people on, 
I got to see John Williams. So I have a great picture of the back of John Williams' head. Really? Yeah, Heath Ledger. I actually got a picture of the front of him. Um, Mel Gibson. We saw... Um, Oh, I actually ran into Joey Lawrence, physically ran into him. He didn't know where he was going, so he went to the spectator side, and he ran right into me and said, excuse me. And he was like, whoa, whoa. Joey Lawrence not knowing where he's going. Yeah, I don't really know why he was there. I don't remember Joey Lawrence in The Patriot. No, I don't remember him. Perhaps he just wandered down there. Yeah, who knows? That's having a good time. That's a pretty cool story. Yeah, I like that. So I'm looking at this list that you're showing me as well, and and I do see a bunch of decent-looking movies on here, but the sad part is that I was trying to say is most of them probably won't win anything. Um, Star Wars probably has a good chance of winning one of these categories. I love that it's actually in the best visual effects category, and they're finally, um, you know, there's only two CGI characters in the movie, and they've used all practical effects. Yeah. And I, I love that, and, and I actually hope it wins because of that. But yeah. in, a, in a category that was basically created because because of star wars yeah because because of the the technology that george lucas's company came up with that films were using that's that's actually pretty cool yeah and that is a really full category as well i saw ex machina and it blew me away i mean you wouldn't think of her as a cg character it was just really interesting how they evolved her look throughout that film and also Mad Max Fury Road. I don't know if you about you guys, but I thought the cinematography was awesome, which also led into a lot of those visual effects. I guess in that category, I've seen all of them except Ex Machina. It they was a good one. It was basically a cast of three. Yeah. Really? It was awesome. Yeah. And Star Wars and Ex Machina both had the same actor in them. Oscar Isaacs, yeah. Oscar Isaacs. Mad Max Fury Road's another one of those that did um, pretty much all practical effects from the looks of things. I mean... I know CG's good, but I think he made it a point to make a lot of those car sequences legit and real. And I always made a joke every time I saw that commercial between the the guitarist that had flames shooting out the end and the guys bouncing around on poles. They could easily make a Cirque du Soleil out of Mad Max. So, but it's less weird than many Cirque du Soleils out there. Actually, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'll give you that. It it, it had a storyline. Yeah, I will give you that. I like the storyline. Of it, mm-hmm. I, you know, I saw it this morning. It's definitely not my kind of movie. It's not the kind of movie that I normally like. So, but you know, that being said, I did. I thought it had a good storyline. I thought the effects were good. The cinematography. It was just a very well-made movie. So even though, I mean, I don't think it's going to win Best Picture. I, you know, I wouldn't. No, I don't it, think so either. But I think that it really earned its spot there. So it was one of those. You know, every year that I've done the goal of seeing all the ones on the list. There's always been at least one where I've thought, oh my God, I'm absolutely going to hate this. And then I've been pleasantly surprised. Yeah. And this was one I would put into that category. I was pleasantly surprised by this one because I really thought that I it would be horrible for me to watch because it's not my thing. But I really did not mind watching it. it yeah, I was, I was kind of dreading Mad Max a little bit. I didn't watch nearly all of these, but I did watch Mad Max. I was a little, it was morbid curiosity. And after the first five minutes where it was a little, you know, a little gross and there Weird. were boils and, and whatnot. Um, yeah, it was a little much. Yeah. After that, I, I kind of, I kind of enjoyed it and I'll probably come back to this quite a few times is I don't like too much dirt and grime on characters. I don't care if it's realistic. Just, just tone it down a little bit. Just make them look a, just a little bit better than they probably would have in this world. <laughs> and I appreciated that they actually looked like they had makeup, like 
their makeup was for a reason throughout the entire story. And even though it was, it was a like sand, a, yeah, it was like yeah. it was a total sand planet and everything, but they didn't look like they were just covered in sand the whole time. So I did appreciate that. So if, to clarify, you don't like overtly dirty shows or movies. Yeah, right? I mean, if if you know that there's a river nearby, but they've obviously never ever gone to that river to take a bath. That's what bothers me. Yeah. And that brings me to I know we're not anywhere near the TV stuff yet, but I I, I kind of have to digress for a second. Sure. Because that is something that ticks me off to no end about The Walking Dead. I'm pretty sure that there are characters in that show, five seasons in, that are still wearing the same clothes the day the world went to crap. <laughs> and they've passed up probably 20 convenience stores with fresh clothes that clearly no one's using. And 100 lakes. Uh, they've taken a shower once in the show, I think. And there's no reason for that. Even if you're fighting fighting a horde of undead zombies in the end of the world you can take a second to jump in a lake and 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 switch your clothes out you know every now yeah i completely agree so okay so back to these movies so where do we want to start we want to start best picture yeah we can okay so what are your thoughts i have only seen spotlight and mad max fury road those are the two that i've seen i tried to see the martian before tonight but it just didn't work out and And i'm actually kind of interested in bridge of spies I didn't I until the second I didn't really realize Bridge of Spies was was in here. Bridge of so. Spies was a good little movie. I don't think it was good enough to nominate it for best picture. Yeah. I mean it was a good movie. I was glad I saw it and I actually saw it well before the the nominations came out and I thought it was a good film. It it helped redeem Steven Spielberg just a little bit in my mind because uh the last few years I think that he really should be taken out and forcibly made to retire because the things that he's done have just been awful and i feel like they just threw him a bone by adding this to the best picture list but it wasn't a bad movie i mean it, it was it was pretty good it was it was a good film you learned a lot kind of a thing so there are eight movies nominated mm-hmm. and it can go up to 10 yes nominations so is there a movie that you feel either could have replaced bridge of spies or you would add to this list that didn't show up i, you know, I hadn't really given it a whole lot of thought I know I didn't get to see Beasts of No Nation, but I heard that it was fantastic. I mean, it got some very good reviews. I heard the acting was good. Um, I would like to see it. Generally, when the nominations come out, I kind of focus on watching those. Um, but I would like to see it to see if it would have been worth making the list. Mm-hmm. And I and I haven't seen this one again. A movie I wanted to see, and actually. Sylvester Stallone was actually nominated for this movie. And this is one of those movies that they're actually talking about. And we're probably in the process of segueing into another topic. Um, Creed that, that, that got snubbed from the best picture yeah. list. There's a lot of people saying Creed should have been on that list yeah, as well. I, I so. heard it's, it's really quite good as far as the whole Rocky franchise goes. Yeah. That mm-hmm. it was done very, very well. So with, with that said, you, you mentioned Beasts of No Nation and you mentioned Creed. Two movies that... You know there there are communities that are out there. You know, the Oscars so white thing is going on right now. What do you think? What's your take on that? Do you think there's any legitimacy behind that? Or I think there's a lot of legitimacy um, to to what people are saying that there's a problem with the industry not making the movies that are are representing the people well enough. In today's day and age, I think that we should see a lot more movies with African Americans in them. I think we should be seeing a lot more movies. Um, that feature Latino characters. I mean, right. There's just yeah. there's a lot out there with that. So I think that there's a problem with 
the Hollywood system that's not allowing these movies to be made or not supporting those filmmakers in some way um, to make that happen. Yeah, and it does uh, take a lot of press as well. I mean, it, it costs a lot of money to have an Oscar campaign. So I'm not sure if the movies are just not going out there and trying to, to rally support. Or that might be one of the contributing factors. I mean, to someone it. accustomed to actually running for president, like these directors, yeah. have to go out and actually court some of these older guys that are part of the academy. And the academy also consists—the voting part of the academy, from what I understand—consists of a lot of current directors. But the actual board that that makes up the list of who's actually nominated, I think that's. That's what most people took issue with is is that maybe maybe there's a little out with the old in with the new that needs to take place more often than it has. And well, it, see, I went through and I studied when when this issue started coming up. There's a I think it was about 34, 35 page document. You can get to it on the Academy's website, and it is the detailed procedure for nominations for every category. And you know, I read through the whole thing. I think the nomination procedure itself is quite fair. I think the problem is that the voting membership of the Academy that then participates in the nomination process has been overwhelmingly representative of what is, you know, no longer the way Hollywood the, looks. The, the norm, yeah. Yeah. yeah or yeah, the nation in that matter. Yes, yeah. yeah. So. And so I think that's that's the problem is that, you know, the membership doesn't reflect the current filmmakers and the people that are out there and things like that. So I was very supportive. I think that um, Cheryl Boone Isaacs, the Academy president, when she came out with her plan for trying to to revamp that, and, and it's not really changing the membership of who's there, but making a very concerted effort to get new folks in that do better represent, you know, what you know, who's out there now trying to make films. I thought her plan was a very good plan. And, you know, I think it'll take it a couple of years to to really see some large differences. And it'll actually probably take it a generation or two oh, yeah. to, to really fully, you know, see what comes to fruition from that. But I think her plan was you know, probably the best way to go about affecting some sort of change with that. And then hopefully, too, you know, based upon the Academy taking a stance on how they want uh, the membership and the nominations and everything to evolve and be representative. I'm hoping that that sort of sends a shockwave through the Hollywood community and, you know, the, the people that are putting up the money and making the films and things like this to try and get more of that work out there. So let's recap on what that change actually is. So I have an article here from Variety kind of summarizing everything that's been going on. So the people that are already members of the Academy will have kind of 10-year spans of time where they're going to be able to have their status. And after that 10 years, if they haven't been active in the movie community, they may be switched to an emeritus status. So that's for people that are already in the Academy. And then there's also the second part of trying to get a more diverse group to be new members within the Academy. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that's a good way to do that. Cool. I, I actually, if you don't mind, I, there's there's something that it's funny you bring up Steven Spielberg before because mm-hmm. he actually had something to say on the whole the whole Oscars so white thing and the, and the the changes that the Academy made. Um, he was actually also surprised, and I'm actually reading an article on IGN 
um, that uh, actually comes off an episode of the Hollywood Reporter's Awards Chatter podcast. They actually interviewed him. He, he said he was a huge supporter of the Academy Awards, but he can't stand behind the Academy's response. In his his opinion, and from what he actually puts here, um, he went to he went to go see uh, Straight Outta Compton, and he said, uh, "quote that I've seen Straight Outta Compton. My wife and I saw it when it first opened the first weekend, and it just rocked our world. It was incredible, and I was very surprised to see that admission." End quote. And uh, but later on, he actually he actually thought that uh, he said. He he suggested it was it was larger than just the award show. He says, "quote It's the people that they hire. It's the people at the main gate of the studios, um, and it starts on the page." End quote. So I mean, and that's and that's kind of along with what you were saying. So I I, I kind of agree with that. I mean, I I think I think that people are first to blame something that really, quite frankly, has been at the forefront of. Uh, What's going on in the country, really? There's been a lot of stuff with with police and uh, you know proper treatment of, of African Americans and stuff. So I think everyone's quick to blame the most current topic, but I think what he was saying is, yeah, maybe that's part of it, but it really starts at the beginning. It starts with the writers. It starts with who's on the page. It starts with the focus of the studios making these movies. Yeah. And I, I think he's right, and yeah, I, I think we need to keep that focus. Issue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, all right, so let's dive into best picture predictions. Chad, you're the only one that's seen them all. <laughs> that's probably you true. You want me to go first, or you yeah, go, go first, okay. and then I'll kind of throw my hat in the ring. Okay. Well, like I said, you know, I, I now that I, I have seen them all, I try and make this this good, educated, you know, vote um, in the hopes, and if there's <laughs> anyone in particular who could ever affect it, so that I could someday have a vote that counts as a member of the Academy. <laughs> Please contact us through our website. I just um, I just want a seat at the Oscars. That's all I want. Oh, you're, see, you're you're setting the bar way too low. Yeah, like I want a seat at the Oscars and knowing that I made a difference in, in what happened that night. But so if anybody can, you know, make that happen, I'm you know I'm willing to pay whatever it costs. So, <laughs> um, or kill whoever you need to kill. Right, right. I did visit the Academy when I was in Los Angeles a couple of months ago, and very proud to say, got thrown out. Oh, that's great. Yes, yeah. yes. They tried to sort of hide where the building was, and they. I mean, they could not have ushered me out quicker. It was, it was really, <laughs> and I was quite proud. I'm like, wow, I got thrown out of the academy. That, How many people could say they did that? So that's the next next best thing to actually, you know, voting in the academy. Exactly, the <laughs> next best thing to voting in the academy is and, getting thrown off the premises. So as far as best picture predictions go, my vote, my money for for tonight is actually on the Big Short. As I look through all of them. To me, that that is the one that I think was the overall best film. You know, the subject matter was very relevant about the the housing crisis, and it was extremely well written. The way that the film took a few liberties with with some of the normal rules that we have with film, they broke the fourth wall a couple of times with things. Really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they wow. yeah they really went out on a limb. Was it funny? Them. Was it like a comedy? Or I couldn't tell from the it's, previews. It's actually. It's, it's a good question to ask because it's one of those films, and this is what I think makes it, or one of the things that I think makes it such a good, good picture, is that they presented this topic of the, the housing bubble, which is, you know, very significant, but extremely technical and could get very boring. It was presented in a way that it was, it was very funny. I mean, you will laugh a lot through the film. More like a dramedy, maybe, though? Well, like... especially through the first, you know, the first half first three quarters of that film you laugh a lot um but it was so well done you 
you reach a point where you stop laughing because mm-hmm. of what's happening. Um, and and you realize it's somewhat of a true story. <laughs> well, you realize... Well, it is a true story, yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah, I mean, that the whole housing bubble thing really is true. And, yeah. you know, millions of people were affected by this. And you stop laughing and you realize just how significant this is. Right. And they presented that very, very well. And the, the technical nature of the subject was presented in ways that was also kind of funny. But they really brought it down into some layman's terms and some interesting ways to describe it because you could tell that i mean the the purpose that the filmmakers had was that they wanted you to truly understand every single piece of what was happening so that you could be just as mad as they were right Um, and, and i think that that was done very well the acting was good there was not there wasn't anybody in it um that i thought had a truly you know, standout sort of stellar performance. But I thought that as a whole, as a as a whole cast, they came together and they did very well. They played their parts very well. Um, like I said, interesting cinematography. The the break in the fourth wall a couple of times was was pretty neat. Just just a good all around film. I well, it, really really liked it. That's the only one that I think I cared about to actually see. And and I and I wouldn't have minded actually seeing that. But it's funny because it's the most interesting to me. Yeah, Adam McKay is up for best director, and he directed The Big Short, but he's mainly known for comedy. He's mainly known for movies like Anchorman and Step Brothers and the other guys. Basically, every comedy Will Ferrell has been in, and then he turns around and he makes this with, and, and you know, Steve Carell is really the only transitional point that came over from those yeah. movies. If you've seen him in Anchorman, so it's 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 really funny that he switched to this. He kept some of the comedy in there, from what it sounds like, but it's it's a it's tackling a serious topic, and you know it's it's funny because we actually and and we'll talk about this in another podcast. We're not going to do it during the Oscars podcast, but we went to the Cleveland Comic Con uh, the other day, and we actually were in a panel with Joe and Anthony Russo, who directed Captain America: Winter Soldier. They're doing Civil War, and they're they're the newest Golden Boy directors for for Marvel for the cinematic universe there. But they were famous for 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 their work on Community and and, and comedy TV shows and stuff like that. And they also made that transition. And and I and it's it's funny how I see directors doing that on yeah. a more regular basis now and and studios i guess really more comfortable taking the chances with letting them kind of get out of what they're yeah they're they're they've been kind of typecasted for lack of a better word yeah because they're not just doing it but they're doing a good job yeah exactly too, yeah so. exactly so yeah so that's that would definitely be my vote you know there's there's some hype around some other ones out there i've been hearing a lot about the revenant and you know, I saw it, and I did. I think it was an excellent movie, it or, really was. or as you call it, Leo gets yeah, eaten yeah, by a bear. Say, as I call it, Leo gets eaten by a bear. Um, but you know, and and Leonardo DiCaprio's performance was excellent. I know we're going to talk about that in a minute, but you know, he he was really great in that. Um, Tom Hardy was very good. The acting was superb. It, it, but to me, it was it was a very good movie, but it wasn't the best movie. I found the script to be kind of predictable mm-hmm. at times. Um, there were a couple of things that I thought were in it basically just for shock value and mm-hmm. didn't, you know, didn't really add a lot to it, but I can see why it's getting a lot of hype with things. Very good visual effects too. And for, and for people that are very spoiler sensitive, I want you to understand that every one of us sitting in front of these microphones right now are also very spoiler sensitive. So we will give spoiler warnings. The whole Leo is eaten by a bear joke was just that. It was a joke. It's not indicative yeah. of what actually happens I mean, in the movie. If you don't know that there's a grizzly <laughs> bear in that movie, well, then there's something wrong. I mean, that was right. you know, that's part of what's gone out about it is there's, you know, he and a bear. 
But, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're we're trying really hard not to do any kind of spoilers and things like that because we would get ticked by that too. Right. So, yeah. looking at best picture, what do you think makes a best picture overall? What I look for, I I really do look for sort of all of those elements as a whole. You know, does it have a good story? You know, did it keep me entertained? I look at the the cinematography, the effects. I try and look at the the picture as a whole. So you actively think of these things as you're watching the movie. You don't just zone out. You actually kind of, or do you, or do you process it and then afterwards think of those things? Like it's sort of a little bit of both. I mean, there's some things that I definitely think about while I'm watching it. And that's maybe why I don't like Oscar movies because I like zoning out and getting lost in that world, not thinking about that kind of stuff and thinking of it like post movie. But that's 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 a totally different way of yeah yeah watching I, movies. Yeah, so. a lot of it I try and think of while I'm in there, and then. Then there's a lot of, I do a lot of reflection afterwards on things. Yeah, so I, I try and come up with what it is as a whole. It, it's nice when they, you know, when I do it based on the nominations, because then I'm looking at a very small, you know, sample out there. You know, I'm only looking at these eight movies and comparing them against one another. Right. And, and so that's very helpful with a lot of stuff when I'm doing it that way. But, you know, there were some of these, like I said, I think The Revenant had amazing acting in it and it had great cinematography but i don't think the story was you know nearly as good as how they presented the big short you know brooklyn i think had a fantastic story it was it was very well done it also had wonderful acting uh but you know just in comparison with some of the rest of them yeah it just to me it doesn't measure up as to be the one that i would vote for i like i like originality too but then, of course, I'm also kind of a traditionalist. I mean, I, I like old movies and things too, right. so I like coming at it from that standpoint. Well, I know, I know, Faith has let us know more times than not. If Leo doesn't win Best Actor um, this year, she's probably gonna burn the Academy down. Yeah, to the I might just not watch it anymore. So instead of calling it Leo gets eaten by a bear, I'm gonna call it Leo finally gets his Oscar. So <laughs> that's fair. So that even if he doesn't deserve it for this movie, you just want him to get it for his no, body of work deserves exactly. it exactly so. and. I feel like Leonardo DiCaprio should have already won an Oscar back when he was nominated for both The Blood Diamond and The Departed. He was nominated for Best Actor against himself. Yeah. So it almost made it impossible for him to win that year. See, I think that would double his chances. Oh, no, because it splits the vote. It splits the vote. Yeah, that's true. So everybody's like, oh, I'm going to vote for Leo, but I'm going to vote for Blood Diamond, or I'm going to vote for The Departed. So it did. Woodrow Wilson got elected president. Yeah. You know, Teddy Roosevelt split the Republican vote when he went progressive, and so if he would have run and got the Republican nomination, he probably would have won. Oh, it's the same thing. But when he splits the vote, then that crazy Democrat. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't even think about it. Yeah, he just snuck in there. Granted, from my standpoint, I'm thrilled to death Woodrow Wilson got elected, but... (laughs) You know, that's beside the point. I think that they should go back to some of their older rules for the Academy because the first year that we had the Academy, one person was nominated for three films. It was like their body of work for that year. So if that had been the case, he would have won that year because it would have been one nomination for both his work in Blood Diamond and The Departed. And I think that is something that the Academy could definitely look into as actors are going in more and more films and they're getting these great roles all the time. Um, I think it could definitely help them. Now, this year, Leonardo DiCaprio is not against himself. So I really think that the Academy is going to finally give him what he deserves, which is an Oscar, and I just can't wait to hear his speech. Yeah, and I agree. I I mean, and one of the things that I actively thought of while watching The Revenant 
was I was trying to determine. I, I keep saying when he wins his Oscar because I do think this is his year. But I kept trying to think, think know, when he wins it, it, did he actually earn it for this or are they just going to give it to him because he's been nominated so many times? I, I think, think he deserves it for any for either one of those reasons at this yeah, point in what, time. And I do think he definitely has earned it for this role. There yeah. was no doubt about that. The acting was wonderful. I think he truly, truly earned, you know, will earn his Oscar for this. But I agree, you know, Faith, you and I have talked about this, about the body of work thing. You know, if if an actor or an actress, you know, does go out there and in the course of a year does a couple of films that are worthy of being nominated, is it wrong to go ahead and, and do those? And, and to acknowledge, too, that you may do multiple films in a year, but they don't have to nominate you for mm-hmm. for your body of work for the whole year. It could be one film or it could be two or three or whatever. They could have nominated Eddie Murphy for Dreamgirls if he'd have been good. And not Norbert. So, you know. <laughs> exactly. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's funny because that's one of the things that, you know, a lot of people have said because he did that one, you know, it kept him out of the running it hurt for Dreamgirls. Yeah. You know, it really hurt him. I think if we, if we try and look at stuff. <laughs> Norbert, I forget about that movie. <laughs> well, I think most people should. But, <laughs> and he was excellent in Dreamgirls. Yeah, he really was. Mm-hmm. That was a great movie. Um, but I think, you know, if Leonardo DiCaprio gives a wonderful performance out there like that, you know, why mm-hmm. why shouldn't we be looking at what you've done throughout that whole year? I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, and I think Leonardo DiCaprio has kind of had a hard time in Hollywood because, I mean, we first saw him, what, on Growing Pains? As yeah, the yeah. Oh, um, as right. this little kid. Then you see him in this you know, like teenage heartthrob movie, Titanic, and then Romeo and Juliet. So I think that we still think of him as that, you know, teeny bopper. Oh, I love Leo. And see him on the cover of all of his magazines. Whereas he has put in a lot of effort over the years. And he has proven himself mm-hmm. more times than I can count. So I'm really, oh, yeah. really. I thought The Aviator was amazing. It was great. I love it. was a great movie. That. You know, he has really done some fantastic films out mm-hmm. there. Well, so I think, I think it's time. I think I think we need to. I think I love that we segued into the best actor category. But yeah. I, I think the most important thing is is something that I actually came across. Um, I don't know if you guys saw Jimmy Kimmel uh, a few weeks back, but apparently Kate Winslet was on there, and Jimmy Kimmel called her out on you know, why the heck she couldn't make some room for Jack on that door that was floating out in the middle of the ocean. And that's been a a topic of debate for 20 years. Thank goodness somebody brought that up. And she actually, she actually went on record. um, And I'm going to actually read it here because she actually quotes, uh, quote, no, I agree. She said, I actually think he could have fit on that, that little bit of door. So end quote. In fact, her, her, I mean, his death was needless. So yeah. she puts she puts it all to rest. Again, right it was an Oscar bait movie, so somebody had to die, somebody and why not die. Leo? Because he dies in everything else. Well, yeah. I mean, I think what she's really saying here was that you know James Cameron killed him. <laughs> yeah. It's true. A, a conscious decision was made for him to die. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I th- I think it's good that she's finally gone on record as saying that she was mm-hmm. not the one responsible. And of course, we didn't. I mean, spoilers for a. 20-year-old movie, but if you haven't seen Titanic, then why the heck are you listening to this podcast? And a good film, too. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah, Although, when I see it now, like, I, you know, it's on TBS and stuff a lot, and <laughs> I, I've determined that I, I only watch the first half of it now. I'll only watch it up until the point when they hit the iceberg, because after that, it is just a real downer. It is. Yeah. And I, oh, it's so depressing, but up until that point, it, it's really kind of fun, so 
I watch it to then, and then I turn it off, and I just say in my own mind that I'm sure that they made it and everyone was fine. And, and not only was that a spoiler for a 20-year-old movie, but anyone that went into that movie 20 years ago, if they read a history book, that was a spoiler to that movie as well. Yeah, so if, <laughs> if you didn't know that the Titanic went down and some people died... It's sinking? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that coming. All right. All right. What's so, next? Uh, okay, let's so talk we, Best Actress. I was gonna say, yeah, why don't we go on to Best Actress? I have my prediction for this, but what you want to go first? I, I'm okay. I think that Jennifer Lawrence. I'm kind. I love Jennifer Lawrence, but I'm kind of sick of Jennifer Lawrence. And I haven't heard great things about the movie. No, Joy. I heard Joy was terrible. So I'm. I think that they just threw her that just because they like to nominate her. I saw it. I saw that movie on on Christmas Day, and it was a good movie. It was a very good movie, and I think she deserves to be nominated for it. I've heard um, a lot of things about Brie Larson's performance. I, I mean, was, she's taken a lot of awards my, already. Yeah, she's my prediction. She's going to get it. I mean, it, Room was so well done, and her role in it was just amazing. What was that one about again? It's the the story of the, the woman who's been held captive with her son. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, they're okay. in like, this, this shed, and a lot of the movie just takes place in that one room. Yeah. Um, and it, it actually, I was I was a little surprised when I saw it because it was a much deeper plot than that. It was it was very very well done. I'm taking um, your role in case you haven't noticed right now when we talk about video games and you glaze over. What, what is what is that again? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, we come <laughs> so around you're to educating the video game me. World, you know? I'll be the one sitting here doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah, so right. um, I think she's going to get it though. She was she was wonderful in that, and she really really carried that film. So. Uh, and, and she's won all the other awards for it too. I don't have a question tonight that it's going to be her. Well, let's let's talk about what I'm most shocked by here in my my wealth of knowledge uh, when it comes to the Oscars. Uh, this this lady at the bottom of the list for Brooklyn is it Sha- is Sasha Ronan? Is that how you say her name? Because it's spelled not like Sasha, and I and I feel like that's how I've always heard it pronounced. I I don't really know how to pronounce her name. I've never done it. I've I've been referring to her as the woman from Brooklyn. Yeah, um, I, I heard it on Jimmy Fallon. I know okay. she was on there, but I yeah. don't. I need to how learn how pronounced. to say it because who's who's she's she? a great because actress. She was fantastic, she's... and she's going to be. Uh, I can see her doing some amazing things. Well, we've mm-hmm. me- they've messed up someone's name the past two years at the Oscars. Correct? Who was it? John Travolta that messed up someone's name? Yeah, that was Del Dazeem. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah. So maybe maybe this year. We'll, we'll, we'll find out the wrong way to pronounce it and the right way to pronounce yeah. it here in a few hours. <laughs> and like I said, I, I need to learn, you know, I mean, you guys know me. I'm horrible with names anyway, but I need to learn how to pronounce her name because I have a feeling we're going to be seeing it a lot more in the coming years. And she gave a wonderful performance with that. Um, and that was another one. You, you know, you talk about them all being depressing. Um, Brooklyn, Brooklyn definitely, it, it was a good, good drama. Um, but it actually left me feeling very uplifted. Uh, I mean, it was there were some real high points in that movie. Um, overall, I think it was it was very positive. So that was that's one I would recommend. You know, if you want to come out of the theater with a good feeling, but but still feel like you've had a very good dramatic experience, go see Brooklyn. That's worth it. Okay. For that. Okay. All right. Good tip. So what do we got left? Supporting actor and actress, and then animated feature, and that's really the only ones anybody cares about. Mm-hmm. And let's let's hurry up and get to animated feature because I can actually give my input on that one. Okay, I'm so excited. <laughs> I've seen a movie on that list. Well, then go ahead. Let's go straight to the best animated feature. You yeah. sure? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so I've seen uh, Inside Out, and I think it was a great movie. I, it's funny because Pixar put out two movies this year. 
one that everyone freaked out about, Inside Out. Ironically, I didn't think it was the best Pixar movie in recent memory. I know everyone else in the world pretty much thought it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was good. I thought it was fun. But then you turn around and you have The Good Dinosaur, which they also pooped out after having what seems to be a long list of problems with that movie. Um, but, you know, it came out and it was met with mediocre reviews. I actually haven't seen it yet. But um, that clearly didn't make it on this list, which is kind of weird. I think it's the first year in a long time a Pixar movie has not been on this list. Even Cars 2 made it on a list, I think, the year it was out. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I don't never th- even bothered with Cars 2. I didn't either. Cars was just so good. Yeah, I loved Cars. Yeah. Cars, Cars was great. Cars was fantastic. Cars um, 2 was funny for the kids that like Cars. For the kids, but the, the, that Cars took a really weird turn after Cars came out. It You know... F- for people who don't know it, we, you know, I actually worked at Disney, Faith worked at Disney for a while, mm-hmm. um, and we saw that transition after Cars came out. It transitioned from a Pixar movie that could have been nominated to an Oscar to a fully-fledged merchandising powerhouse mm-hmm. for little kids, and that that transition had already occurred in between Cars and Cars 2, and I think there's a, is the reason why there's a Cars 3 um, coming out soon. But yeah, I think this is the first year in recent memory where listeners correct us if we're wrong, you know, let us know. But I, I think this is the first year in a long time where there has been a Pixar movie um, that has not been nominated uh, for an Oscar. But here's the funny thing. I don't think Inside Out is going to win. I, I don't know how to say this. Anomalasia. I've seen a preview for it. Anomalisa. Anomalisa. It looks like the weirdest movie in the world. It is animated. But it looks right up the Oscars alley. I I pretty much can guarantee you that thing is going to win. Best See, I, I haven't feature. seen it, but I'd like to. It's I, so weird looking. I'm going to go with Inside Out. I'm going to go with the popular vote on this one. I think it's going to take it. See, that's what I was leaning. Yeah, was it leaning has. Out. And it's not just that it's a popular Disney movie. I think it tackles the idea of how kids feel and how kid, kids can kind of go into a funk when they go to new places. And I think that really resonated with a lot of people around the country, especially kids, and maybe it probably opened up some conversations with parents. So I really think it has a chance to take and it. And I agree. I think if if there was a people's choice vote and there was a popular vote in the world, everyone would pick Inside Out. I think that's exactly why it's not going to win. There's been a Pixar movie that has won pretty much every year for the last decade. And I think this is going to be the Oscars one chance, the Oscars out, to vote a artsy-fartsy animated movie that's rated R for the first time in forever and probably the only time that will happen for the next decade. I, I think it has a good of a chance, as good of a chance as Inside Out. Okay. So that's just my opinion. But I hope I hope Inside Out wins. Don't don't get me wrong, my vote would be for Inside Out if I was on the Academy, but <laughs> I sound like a total Academy hater right now. But I just I just know historically how they go and if they have a chance to do something like this, I think they might take it. I'll tell you one thing, if Sean the Sheep wins I'm going to turn the the television off and and take a walk down the street. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, the only other one I really want to talk about is best original song. I feel like a song was not on this list that I was really really hoping yes, would be on it. I agree. And that is "See You Again" from Furious Seven. I think not only how they played it in the movie because of Paul Walker's death, it was kind of the farewell to him. It was a great song that was not just, you know, Academy bait, but I think that people loved that song and it, 
I'm a teacher and our prom, the last song was See You Again. And I've just heard it so many times. And it's just an uplifting song for that moment. And it captured a moment in time. I'm really disappointed that it did not show up on the See, best original funny. song I don't think list. it was Academy Bait. I don't think I don't think it was. I think it was anti Academy bait. I was actually surprised that it was nominated for what was the Golden Globe, the Golden Globes. Mm -hmm. I was disappointed it didn't win there. I was actually not shocked it didn't make it on the Oscars. I don't know. I guess last year for what was it? Commons song was that last year for mm -hmm. what was that movie? Selma. Selma. Mm -hmm. I mean, so th there was precedence for something like that. So I yeah. mean, Eminem won the Oscar for Eight Mile. Yeah, that's true. And yeah. I wasn't expecting it to win that year, but it. Again, that song captured that moment yeah. in that movie, and I feel like See You Again also captured that And I agree. That, that was a snub. I would have loved to see that on this list, even yeah. though I don't think it would have won. I, I would have loved mm -hmm. to see it on the list. I remember that night that Eminem won, and Barbara Streisand presented that award. There was no doubt that she was also quite shocked that he won, because mm -hmm. her way of reading the the winner when she opened up the envelope i can just, did she expect candy to walk out on stage uh, i mean it's plain, plain as day in my mind i can still see her sitting there going oh it's m&m and then sort of walking off quickly what's an m&m yeah, she, she really did not look happy that that was yeah that was who the winner was and there you know there have been a couple that's one category i think that in the last you know the last decade we've seen some more what we would think of as unusual songs for that category that have won mm -hmm. unusual for the oscars uh, yeah definitely yeah. Unusual well, for I don't relevant for everyone because it had been a very very mainstream sort of category mm -hmm. with a couple of exceptions over the years i mean you were normally getting things like moon river my heart from will go on breakfast at tiffany's and every my heart will go on yeah what was that <laughs> my, my heart, heart will, will go, go on. on oh definitely definitely and uh, you know, only occasionally did you get you know the theme from shaft <laughs> that, i mean it, it was it was pretty mainstream kind of stuff mm -hmm. um but you know, we have seen some more unusual ones for that, and that's kind of interesting. Yeah, and you don't, I don't feel like there are as many closing credits big songs like there used to be. A lot of these songs are, are things that show up within the movie, which or is promoted really, along with the movie. Yeah, or promoted along with it. I saw Spectre a couple of weeks ago, oh, and I was so underwhelmed Ugh. by writings on the wall. I, it felt like the longest song in the world, and it felt like every other song that Sam Smith has ever sung. I mean, granted, after the year Adele sings a Bond song, everything is going to seem yeah, mediocre. Yeah, you can't compare. But this was this was below mediocre. Man, she was yeah. amazing. That, that was that, that was, was the best. Yeah, that was fantastic. Mm -hmm. And I really like it. Crap! Now that song's stuck in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really prefer when the songs that get nominated are actually a part of the movie mm -hmm. as opposed to just over the closing credits. Mm -hmm. um, I completely agree. You know, and, and my friend Chris even asked about that. He said, "Is this?" Is this category even still relevant? If it's just a bunch of songs that play over closing credits, why are we awarding that with an Oscar? Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a point to that. So I like it when it's some something that's been more integrated into the plot of the film, too. But it's funny, when this list comes out, most often, more often than not lately, you don't even realize that that song is associated with that movie. Oh, sure. You know, like, I mean, in a case of Furious 7, it played during the movie. Some of these songs play during the movie in the background or on a radio in the background. You have no idea that that's that movie's theme song. You know? Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's funny. A lot of people, I don't even think, realize that it's associated until these Oscar lists come out. Yeah, and that's another one of those ones. If anybody ever reads through how they do it, it's got a kind of a different nominating procedure for some of that and it's very specific with with how they can count it and how they can't back in the early days the very early days of the oscars it didn't have to be a song that was written for the film 
It could just be anything that was used. So yeah. they could have they were songs that could have been years old, right? And gotten brought in. I think the last one for that was uh, the last time I saw Paris, and when it won, after that they changed the rules to say that it had to be. It had to be written for the film specifically and associated mm-hmm. with it, you know, in some yeah, way. Yeah, and I think that's the reason they wrote a new song for Les Miserables when oh, it came definitely. out. Oh, that's they right. They wanted a nomination, even though any song in that could have easily won an Oscar if that if it was the case but that it could be nominated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's crazy. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. yeah, and interestingly enough, there is a category that they don't, I mean, I've never seen it really used, um, but there is a category of an award, award called Best Musical. That's in the rules that they can use. If there's ever, um, if there's ever a year when there are enough musical films that the board of governors feels that they can actually have that out there and, and award that as an Oscar, it's a category that you know can or can't be used. They've just never activated it. Well, they could have activated it for The Martian since it was nominated for Best Comedy or oh, Musical yeah, exactly. for the Golden Globes. Yeah, yeah, that's a good yeah. point. So, so man, <laughs> I really the, missed out the, on that one. Will there ever be a year that there's enough actual musicals out there that are good enough that they activate that category yes. to put that in there, which could be kind of Clearly, fun. during that was, of course, during the Best Golden Globes in recent memory as well, oh, right? Oh, goodness. Ugh, we're not going to get struggle. started on that. <laughs> um, really quick, let's touch on uh, supporting actor and supporting actress before we wrap it up, right? We want to touch on that, mm-hmm. especially since... For me, Sylvester Stallone is in that. I love that he's in that. I know he's probably not going to win. I um, hope he doesn't win. I know you don't like his performance at all, or you haven't seen Creed, though, right? No, but I he's just—he's—he's he's repeating his own character, so it's not like a new thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's I become know. a more dramatic maybe. actor as he ages, and I think it's—it's it's kind of a good transition. Yeah, he's I mean, made, maybe right? maybe he's good enough to earn it. I, that's one of those. If if he gets it tonight, I will go. I'll I'll find a way to see Creed. Because I do want to see whether or not I think he earned it, or if they just handed it to him. But because, but who else on yeah. that list do you think is going to win then? Like Mark Ruffalo has gotten a lot of press for Spotlight. He was good in Spotlight. He was good, actually. Chad and I watched that this morning. We were, Chad was wanting to get all of the nominations in before uh, beforehand, so we congratulations. Finally, you yay! You got to see them all. <laughs> yeah. Every year we it comes down to the wire for me. A little yeah, bit. but I thought his performance was really good. There was a, a scene in a church where I could just sense his emotion. Yeah, just going through his performance. Yeah, did, did he at any point in time get angry? And oh, turn green. extremely angry. Well, he did not turn green, although no, that would have been awesome he didn't if he had hulk hulked out. out. And, and, you know, and, and go all hawkish on close. the priest. He came and... really close. <laughs> uh, that, I would have watched that movie then. <laughs> yeah. But, I, I t- but uh, Tom Hardy was fantastic mm-hmm. in The Revenant. I mean, really, really good. I don't think um, I even realized he was in that. Yeah, oh, he's, he's a, a very pivotal character in that. And um, and Mark Rylance was, was good in Bridge of Spies. I think if I had to... Like I have not seen Creed, but Bri- if I was voting in that category, I would probably vote for Tom Hardy. Yeah, maybe Mark Rylance, but probably Tom Hardy. Mark Rylance, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. From Bridge of of Pies, as we call it, Bridge <laughs> of Pies. <laughs> yeah, he was he was quite good in that. So. Yummy okay. Bridge of Pies. Mm. Yeah, we 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 the three of us or yeah we we host an Oscar party every year, and uh, one of the things we do is we tell people to come and bring food that is relevant to an oscar movie that's been nominated this year and 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 someone's bringing a pie and saying it's it belongs that to was bridge me i'm gonna claim that claim that clever that cleverness oh you bridge come of up, pies you've come up with some clever ones in the past we had someone come one year 
to our party that uh, that brought a true grit pie, and it sounded ridiculous, but it was delicious. It was disgustingly delicious, but that was, of course, the year True Grit came out. So I love pie. <laughs> I just want to put that out there. This, is, this has been the pie minute of the Pause Points podcast. <laughs> this has been our pie moment. And, and I'm really glad we got these pop filters, because there was a pie in a Pause Points podcast. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> All right, right. so let's wrap it up with Best Supporting Actress. You know, I feel bad. I've only seen one film (laughs) where somebody's nominated for it. I have two. Now, there's (laughs) several on that list I want to see. I was really hoping to see Carol and the Danish Girl by this point. uh, I I don't care about either one of those. I just haven't gotten to it yet. I've, I've heard they're both quite good. I didn't really have a desire to see Steve Jobs. Me either. I had a slight desire to see The Hateful Eight, but I don't know. I, I actually find I like his stuff the older he gets. So like he annoyed me back in college, but I I didn't hate Inglorious Bastards and Django was all right. I liked it. Yeah, it was good. So I I'm interested to see how this turns out. I mean, of course they're all very hyper violent and you know if that's not your cup of tea, whatever. But this yeah. is another one where I think someone could have been nominated for their body of work for the year, and that's Alicia Vikander for the Danish Girl. But she was also the main character in Ex Machina, and she did all of the CG, so you really only saw her face in that mm. movie, um, and you wouldn't even recognize her because it was only her face, no hair or anything like that. And that would have been a great one to I nominate for her. both. You bring up a good point, though. If they would ever change that to go to body of work then what if some of it would be a leading role and some of it would be a supporting role? Well, there's really not the rule as to where you are nominated with supporting or regular. There, yeah, there's but, not a rule for that. So I think you just have to, to choose would carefully. You'd have to choose carefully which one you would want to go for. Like you would have to rally and um, try to get nominated for best lead yeah. or best supporting See, and, and and there have been a couple of times where they have nominated somebody in one category in the past and it's been very controversial because people thought they should have been in the other one i mean timothy hutton won for best supporting actor for ordinary people in 1980 but there was absolutely no doubt he was he was the leading character in that film mm-hmm. he just didn't have top billing with um donald sutherland and mary tyler moore see i would always mm-hmm. I, I would be afraid and, and i i agree to some extent especially when you talk about leo dicaprio but i i would almost be afraid at that point in time that as as everyone complains how political the academy is already then how much more would it become like a political race for these actors and they would start lobbying to get in multiple oscar bait movies just so they could yeah chances. to up their chances mm-hmm. exactly yeah. so I don't know. I don't. I can see both ways, fifty-fifty with that. But that's a that's a good point. Or yeah. I would say, if independently you were nominated for two movies, just just out of the way that things kind of shuffled out, then that you could be kind of put together. So if Leonardo DiCaprio were were nominated for Blood Diamond and The Departed, if it just so happened that he was one of the five, I think they should have put those two together. But it also messes over the people in those categories. So, like, especially with this situation, if it's supporting actress and best actress, like, if there's there's a body of work in each one, then both of the other nominees in those categories are thinking, oh, she's she's going to get it, and if, if, if she doesn't take it for this, then the person in supporting actress is going to be messed over. Yeah. So You know, this would be a great place for our listeners to kind of give their opinions. So yeah, if definitely. you have an opinion about this body of work 
thing that we're proposing, we'd love you to write into us at questions at pausepointspodcast.com. I would love to know if, if people think that it's a great idea, a bad idea, if they have something else, you know, another way of doing something. I, I would love mm-hmm. to hear from the listeners on that. I think yeah. it'd be great. Yeah. So one of the things that I did want to mention on this podcast, and I know it doesn't necessarily deal uh, especially with the the type of entertainment that we're talking about, but in a roundabout way, it sort of does, was the the recent uh, passing of Harper Lee. And I think most of us are uh, pretty familiar with Harper Lee as the author of To Kill a Mockingbird. I, I know, you know, Faith, for you and I, having having grown up together, I know it was a very important part of our high school time uh, in English class and, you know, reading that for the first time and learning about it and, uh, and some of that information. But, it, you know, to me, it, it's long been one of my favorite books. So I would actually say it is my favorite book, um, and I got a lot out of it. But in terms of movies, too, uh, you know, To Kill a Mockingbird was a fantastic movie that was made in 1962 starring Gregory Peck. And, of course, you know, like many movies made from books, it doesn't talk or it doesn't go into all of the details that are in the book. If it if it did, the movie probably would have been 10 or 12 hours long. But it, it goes through, and I think that it was a really a really faithful adaptation of the book and really hits home about some wonderful and very important topics, you know, dealing with what it's like to be growing up and understanding different people and backgrounds and where they come from, dealing with small towns and and racism and all of the things that go along with some of that. And, you know, it was important for when the book was written in uh, the 60s and when the movie was made in the 60s. Uh, Of course, that was coming into some of the high times of the, the civil rights movement. So a story that takes place in the 30s was still very, very relevant just in how it was presented. But, you know, I think that it's even relevant still today um, and always has been. You know, we, we talked about some of the protests and things this year with the Oscars and more inclusivity and, and some of that. And so I think To Kill a Mockingbird is still important with that today. I just wanted to take that moment to kind of recognize uh, the difference that Harper Lee made with this amazing story, both to the literary community and then the impact that it did have on uh, film entertainment as well. So, if, you know, if any of our listeners out there have an affinity for that or any kind of thoughts, I, I would really love to hear what you think uh, about your reactions to the book, the movie, um, and the the recent passing of Harper Lee. Anything that you might have to, to say about that, we'd love to hear your comments and, and thoughts on that, um, as well as to just sort of take that moment to recognize her and take that moment to say just how important the, the work that she did and how it influenced so many things today. And so I think that'll kind of bring us to the end of our Oscar podcast. So again, write to ra- us. I'm going to wrap you up with it. I'm going to ask you all your piece of Oscar trivia for tonight. Okay. Go for it. We'll see if, see if you can do it. Who was the only actor to ever be nominated in both the best actor and best supporting actor category for the same role in the same film? Do you, do you want us to try to answer this? Or are you going to? Yeah. Or you take gonna a guess. Let the listeners answer well it'll be so old yeah that's true <laughs> and they can also google it or... yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go out on limb and say i have no clue so good guess good yeah guess. yeah so. the best actor and supporting so it's not the same year just for the same no, role. same year same year same year same film same film jerry lewis for the nutty professor 
You know what? It's a fair. It's a fair guess. I'll give you that. <laughs> Guessing it's not right. <laughs> it, it isn't correct, but I think it was a, a pretty decent guess. It was actually Barry Fitzgerald, who was nominated for his role in Going My Way, was actually due to a loophole in the the Oscar rules, was nominated as Best Actor and Best Supporting Actor for his role in that movie. Um, he won for Best Supporting Actor, and his character is, is most definitely a supporting character. And then Bing Crosby one for playing, playing Father Flanagan from the same film in the Best Actor category. But yeah, there was this odd loophole that allowed him to be That's nominated cool. in both categories. But did they close that loophole? But, yes, by the next year. I was going to say, wasn't there... And it never happened again. There's a movie of recent memory where an actor plays multiple characters in the movie. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but... Yeah, well, I mean, he didn't even play multiple characters. No, I know, but so I'm saying this is this is where that might have been yeah, mm-hmm. it's just, another... Yeah, it's what, was it, what is that that I'm thinking of? It, it, he, he wore makeup and he played multiple characters. Again, re, re, Tweet at us, Facebook us, questions at pausepointspodcast.com. Let me know what movie it is I'm thinking of because it's going to drive me crazy probably for the next week. Yeah. So, And if you all have you know Oscar trivia or history or any fun facts out there that you want us to know, uh, let me know. Faith mentioned that she's a teacher. I'm a historian by profession. And I always say if I had my druthers, I would go get a, a PhD in film history because I just love it. And I love Oscar <laughs> history and Oscar trivia and all that. So you'll get a lot of history things out of me. over the course of the podcast so please let us know stuff um, because we think things like this are fun so let us know questions that you have or if you have a trivia piece out there that you'd like to let us know about I think it could be a lot of fun and as I'm sure you guys will figure out I'm not anywhere near as smart as either one of them (laughs) I don't desire a PhD nor am I a teacher no one would say that to your face (laughs) well not to my face but anyways, I think that will wrap it up, guys. Obviously, we've we've mentioned our Facebook, our Twitter, and our email a hundred times by now. Um, as usual, we you know if you like what you see, we want to take this as far as we can. Go ahead and, and check out our website, pausepointspodcast.com. Uh, support us on Patreon, and you guys got anything else? And, and if you wouldn't mind, you know wherever you got this podcast from, whether it was uh, from iTunes or from some other uh, listening app that's out there, if you can oh, yeah. go online. And give us a good review. Yeah, subscribe. Rate us highly. Yeah, subscribe. Give mm-hmm. us a good review. Uh, the more good reviews and ratings we get, the higher up we go to get this out there so more people can hear this. You know, please do us a favor by doing that. And uh, let us know what you like and what you don't like. We'd like to tailor our podcasts accordingly for our listeners. Yeah. So. And we'll stop doing what you don't like. So We'll try. Yeah, we'll try. Anyways, we will talk to you guys soon. All right, see ya. Take care.